0: Well, they did it, guys. They picked twice in the first round. The Ravens completed the NFL draft for 2021 and led on to a very exciting draft, in my opinion. What did you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Ravens came in with a plan. Uh, I think that we knew going into it that wide receiver and outside linebacker were big areas that they wanted to target. We certainly highlighted both those positions in the respective episodes of the draft preview as the positions of need or the positions of interest. And like you said, that's how the Ravens used their two picks in the first round. And then for the rest of the the draft, I think there were some surprises there, but overall, most of these picks make sense from a roster construction perspective. And overall, I think another draft that looks really promising from the Ravens.
2: Yeah. I think the most surprising thing for me was that the Ravens decided to pick at thirty-one definitely was uh was expecting them to trade back in that second round be able to recoup that second round pick that was sent over with the trade with orlando brown jr but they decided to stand pat at 31 and uh and pick a good player there hopefully a good player so uh yeah but other than that you know i think they hit a lot of the positions that need and there's definitely some guys to get excited about and can't wait for some more football news for the next coming months
0: so the ravens picked twice in the first round and how did that happen? Well, we recorded the draft preview episodes, and then the news came out before the defensive one came out. But they traded Orlando Brown Jr. It finally happened to not just the conference rival, but the Chiefs. They made the Super Bowl twice in a row. And, uh, but I guess uh, scare money doesn't make money, as they say. So they uh, had to train them away. Nevertheless, they got the 31st overall pick, the 94th, the 136th. And a fifth rounder in 2022, and then they traded away Orlando Brown Jr., the 58th pick, which is a second round pick, and a 2022 sixth round pick. So as we tweeted about, it was about a 44 to 46, matter how you value those picks, JJ chart value. So basically a second round pick for Orlando Brown Jr., but we did get the 31st pick, a first round pick, which gives the 50-year option on one of these players too, which is kind of nice. And uh, with other scales, actually, uh, the Ravens even came out better ahead with a a first-round pick value. Um, One kind of cool thing, too, is that they actually traded the 136 to 160, and they accrued a fourth-round pick next year. So it's almost like they got that in the trade as well. Um, So that was one of the trades that they did during the draft, which is actually, uh, from Dan Reese, a very good value from the JJ chart perspective. Uh, Basically, they traded away 46.8 points and they've received back 25.8 guaranteed points. And the 21 points uh, equates, like the 21 leftover points would equate to the 173rd pick. But since it's a year ahead of time, usually you adjust to 32 picks, which gives us the 141 value. But then if you actually do the math, it's, the Arizona pick's likely to be in the 120s. So it's probably a really good pick for the Ravens. Uh, good trade. And honestly, given the players the Ravens were able to draft... In the fourth round this year, Um, it makes me very excited to have more of those, you know, the fourth or fifth round. Um, There's a lot of good players there still. A lot of guys fall sometimes, surprisingly, to that level. And uh, as we will talk about this show, the Ravens were definitely taking some swings, going for high upside players. And uh, it gets me excited because I think that's the kind of players we want on this team.
2: Yeah, overall, just a comment. Back on the, uh, the Orlando Brown trade uh, before that. Yeah, um, sorry. yeah i th- I think you brought up a good point, <laughs> though, of being able to get that 31 pick. Um, having a, a option of a, a fifth-year option for a particular player, I definitely think it would be, be a benefit for the Ravens to come, right? I mean, Orlando Brown, regardless of, of what happened, the Ravens are probably not going to re-sign him anyway, even if they didn't trade him, right? So we have one more year with him, and now we'll be able to trade him for a player who we have – four years you know five guaranteed if they want right so uh, definitely good value in terms of long term roster construction and I definitely think that was something that Eric DaCosta had in mind this year Uh, I think a lot of fans going into the draft expected the Ravens to be able to take a right tackle or maybe take up uh, you know some other positions of need but they didn't do that Uh, they definitely picked up some guys who you know could be contributors this year but they're probably going to be more valuable in the years to come beyond uh, 2021 so yeah as as far as the long term i i think it was a good trade you know i think we talked about it probably a couple episodes ago the, the ravens unless they were trading with like jacksonville or somebody probably weren't going <laughs> to have the same trade that uh laramie Tunsell netted a, a few years ago uh, for a variety of different circumstances I do think overall the trade was, was probably fair. I think at first maybe I expected a little bit more, but now looking at some of the value and looking at the who we picked up with those picks, I, I think it's more fair for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was an excellent haul for OBJ for all the reasons you guys said. We'll probably get to it uh, later on when we talk about what the Ravens did draft as far as offensive line goes. I think that Orlando Brown will definitely be missed on this offensive line, uh, but When you you got a player who is ready to move on, um, you got to you got to get what value you can for them. And the Ravens being the first class organization they are, they got a ton out of it. So I think this is a best case scenario that could have happened given the circumstance.
0: Yeah, basically, at the end of the day, we got Odafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, Sean Wade, and then, of course, the 2022 fourth and fifth, and they got Orlando Brown Jr., Nick Bolton, and a 2022 six-round pick. So just on the surface of it, they haven't played it down in their lives yet in the NFL. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Obviously, OBJ has, but I'm <laughs> feeling good. I like it. So let's just get to the picks. The first pick was uh, the Ravens at 27. They decide not to trade back. And I saw Jeff Zarebeck tweet that he thinks Ravens fans are going to be happy with the draft pick. And I was like, oh, man, they're doing Bateman. They're going there. And sure enough, Rashad Bateman, Minnesota, went off the board. Guys, it's uh Ravens fans can't complain anymore in my opinion. They got exactly what they wanted. You know, Ravens Twitter was satisfied. It's like they were, you know, crawling through the desert, just totally parched, looking for a glass of water and they were like, "Here you go." Rashad Bateman, a total uh complete receiver, probably one of the most uh plug and play guys in the whole draft. Just every single route he can run, strong at the catch point. Some people had him rated as the second best receiver in the draft. So like I don't know. I'm I'm hyped. I think the wide receiver room with the addition of him and uh, of course we'll talk about later picks looks extremely full and bright with uh young talent and I think it's now on Greg Roman and the offensive coaches and Lamar Jackson to figure out how to make this passing game sing cuz I think all the excuses are gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we talked about what, back in free agency that Gosh, wouldn't it be so great for the Ravens to get a guy of the caliber of Kenny Galladay, even though the chances of that happening were insanely slim and only if a player of that caliber was going to take a one-year deal to cash in next year when you don't have the presumably the COVID cap hit. But Bateman, you got a guy, like you said, he's likely going to be ready to play from day one, big-bodied receiver who can uh, take the secondary away from Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown should help them uh, get better matchups so that, you know, they're not double, triple covered. And like you say, that's going to open up the entire passing offense. And if it doesn't, you're exactly right. That's going to be the problem of the scheme. And uh, when you have all these guys out there, there's no excuses.
2: Yeah, definitely really appreciate that the Ravens decided to take a, I'll say like a pro ready player, Right, especially at the wide receiver position, Rashad Bateman almost feels like the opposite of a Rashad Perriman. Of Perriman was mainly drafted for his measurables; he was super fast, but he had, you know, some college production. But he had a lot of question marks. Uh, I think, if anything, Eric DeCosta and the Ravens have learned that, like. Um, we're probably not the best team uh, in terms of developing wide receivers so who should you pick you should probably pick a pro ready prospect (laughs) (laughs) especially if you want to please your fan base we're hoping that Rashad can can be that and he can make that transition relatively easily my other reaction to it is is just like gosh gosh, I I hope I hope he is the answer because part of me feels like it's kind of weird that a, a guy who's like almost this pro ready and seems to have like such a well-rounded game. How the hell did he fall to 27? You know, every year in the draft is different and and some uh, position groups are deeper than others, but um, gosh, if if Rashad's the guy and we got him at 27, that's a steal, man. Yeah. I think you look at this draft and there was just a lot of really
1: exciting products at the top. I mean, obviously Chase Waddle and, and Smith have a lot of electrifying uh, upside that teams wanted you had Kyle Pitts get taken before even in any wide receiver, the first non quarterback taken just a unreal prospect from a tight end perspective, and then I guess the Ravens lucked out a bit, you know we talked in the preview that Kadarius Tony wasn't a guy that we were really interested in. The Giants picked him up instead. blessings on blessings, dude, uh right, yeah, when they <laughs> picked him, it's like, oh, <laughs> lovely
0: 'cause yeah, we didn't want him, and it pushed it back.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think you, Chris has a very valid point here um, that it's kind of like well, well how I was he around for that long? But I think you also look at the talent that's in this draft from a, a pass catching perspective, and I think you can feel a little better about getting a guy of this caliber when you look at the talent uh, logjam that was at in this pool.
0: Yeah, I felt like the nice thing too is like, how did he fall that far? Right. Well, you had only a couple surprising picks. The Raiders did their usual, and they went and took uh, Alex Leatherwood at 17, which felt like a little bit of a reach, uh, particularly with some of the other offensive tackles still available like Derisal and uh, Jenkins. But then you had (laughs) uh, the Washington football team pick up a a linebacker that wasn't the one that anyone wanted, and I think our friends were just licking their wounds and trying to be excited about it. (laughs) Ironically, too, about the Raiders is that they picked up uh, Morag in the second round and i felt like if you Mm -hmm. switched their two picks like everyone had been like okay that makes sense yeah 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 so like (laughs) classic raiders fashion um and then of course you had the absolute charity act from the steelers and jaguars to pick up two running backs Najee harris and uh ntn (laughs) uh
2: (laughs) yeah that was that was definitely surprising i I guess maybe not for the steelers i think uh harris was linked to them a lot but um, oh yeah but for the jags to pick up a, a running back that early just I don't know. Yeah, especially when it. Urban came out and talked about it afterwards. He's like, "This guy is our third-down back." <laughs> that doesn't make me feel any better, man.
1: Oh, like man. he spends a yeah. first-round
2: pick on a third-round back. Especially, come when on, you,
1: you just got you just got a starting-caliber running back uh, as an undrafted free agent last year too. <laughs> Yeah, they they literally with the definition of running backs don't matter
0: down there with their undrafted free agent running back who just like, you know, broke all records, etc. And then they were like, you know, we need a third down back. Let's reunite the Clemson guys, Trevor Lawrence and (laughs) Travis. I just can't even get through the sentence it's just so funny to me i can't believe it like i imagine the elation that they finally got their franchise quarterback one of the best prospects that we've had in like years since like andrew luck it's like just elation 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 and they're like what are they gonna do with 25th pick i'm so excited (laughs) boom (laughs) that's what they do i i i've been so deflated i've been like oh you gotta be kidding me
2: that's (laughs) yeah (laughs) awful oh it's just Unbelievable pick. Another if we're talking if we're talking about the yeah um, what led to the Ravens taking Bateman another surprise pick I think Arizona I, I really don't understand what their fascination is with like hybrid defensive players, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they ended up picking uh, Savin Collins at sixteen. Yeah, uh, it's just I like I know I know he's a good player and he's got good tape, but like I mean they already picked up a player like that last year with uh, Isaiah was it Isaiah Williams Isaiah simmons isaiah simmons i just i don't understand how many hybrid defensive players you need to build a defense down there it seems a little i don't know
0: i'll I'll say this then we had three picks of peril who are they gonna pick right and I, i remember when we were watching the draft we were like oh maybe we went bateman to snipe the packers right so like the chances are jenkins the tackle everyone mocked to us would fall to 31 so you had Payne Turner go off the board, defensive end, Eric Stokes, cornerback, and then Greg Rousseau, which was awesome. <laughs> I love the fact that the temptation was gone. Uh, so, and then it was our pick at 31, and uh, I saw the tweet come in that it was going to be defense, so, you know, it's like, okay, they weren't going for um, Jenkins, so maybe uh, we were thinking like Morag, maybe Barmore was still on the board, uh, there was talks about um, Ojolari still on the board, so we're thinking it's one of those guys, and then boom, the smokescreen was cleared, and Odafe Owe gets picked at 31, Penn State. And I think you've been living under a rock if you heard about that Ravens pick and haven't heard. He didn't have a sack last year, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the whole, like, we draft for production, et cetera, I wouldn't say went out the window, but, like, definitely maybe got some other teams off the scent that they were interested in Owe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was – he's an interesting choice especially when we're saying pass rush is something that you know, the Ravens are trying to get back with Ngakwe and Judon gone, but he's got size of 6'5", 257. He was productive at Penn State, even though he wasn't a huge pass rusher. So it is a little bit of an interesting pick. I am uh, still not sure how I feel about it, but I can at least understand the thought process that they're going for with this guy.
2: Yeah. I guess the only thing I have to say is that um, if Ogilari, he fell to the mid second round, if he fell that far, I feel like maybe the Ravens, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'll eat these words, but <laughs> I feel like if enough teams passed on him uh, for him to fall that far, then maybe the Ravens probably didn't make the, the wrong decision there. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Aziz will, will be able to put it all together and maybe those, uh, you know, quote, injury concerns won't actually be concerns when he makes that leap to the NFL. But, he's probably one of the few people who I'd look at as maybe taking over away at this spot. Yeah, I mean, you guys know what, how I felt about Rousseau in the episode before. I was just glad at that point that he was gone. I'm like, okay, the Ravens are not going to take him. But some of the other guys that we mentioned and we talked about, I mean, Osai didn't go into the third round. Basham, I think was, uh, I believe he was the third round pick as well. You know, any one of those other guys, I think it just would have been too early for them to take. Um, I, I do wish I w- watched a little bit more film on away before, um, uh, defense episode uh the other week um but i did have a chance to see it before the draft and you know i I think the big thing that excites me about him um aside from just his uh his inhuman speed for an edge rusher is he's got some really good intangibles
1: same 40 yard dash as uh as bateman apparently unofficial but (laughs) Yeah, yeah
2: unofficial yeah unofficial that guy i mean he could definitely move and you can see it on tape too he's definitely he's he's somebody who plays with speed and he just you know didn't hit home for whatever reasons last year but uh the big thing for me is that he's a good run defender and i think that's definitely something that you need to be if you're going to play in this ravens defense Yeah, you know, like jalen ferguson like supposedly called him sack at eddie in college but he wasn't really a good run defender for the first few years um not until maybe a, i think mid last year did he really start to bring it together so um that alone from O.A. I think is probably going to give him one of the inside tracks to probably start at one of these linebacker spots. And, uh, you know, anything that the Ravens can add from developing this guy in terms of pass rush moves, I think, will just be, you know, even better.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a pick where you're going to have to have some patience because I think, you know, he's only been playing football for five years. He's still learning the, the craft and he even said as much in his uh, presser. But I think, like you just said, Chris, he's going to come in day one and be an effective run defender. He did that really well. It's one of the places where his speed really works out well for him because he's able to attack. And he also just gives the effort to make sure that he's always involved and there. One thing that's interesting about this pick is that Tocasta alluded that they use the analytics to lead to this decision. Like the analytics were screaming that, you know, you maybe he doesn't have the sack number, but he's getting lots of pressures, lots of disruption, and he was going to be good. And like you said, he's just a total freak athlete, really fast, 40 at 257 pounds. He also has really long arms, so he'll be able to body some of these players. Like, a lot of tackles don't have long, as arms long as him, so he might be able to just really get that leverage. Uh, and with that speed, they're going to have to, you know, really account for that, too. So you give this guy a move or two, you teach him, you know, some leverage things, and I think he's going to be, like, really scary. I think, you know, he's going to take a little bit of time to turn on, in my opinion, he might have a splash play here and there from his athleticism but uh i'm super excited to see what they can do with him because you know what he honestly reminds me of like the build and the athleticism and the run defending he reminds me of Suggs, and like if our coaching staff can like coach him up and we have another Suggs on our hands oh <laughs> you know like and he has a cool name like oh like you can sing a song to that
2: <laughs> away, 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 away! That's right. Yeah, a lot of people are, a lot of a lot of people are hoping to bring that back next year in a couple of yeah. years to come. Yeah, I mean,
0: hey man, get some sacks and we'll we'll sing for you.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely an exciting pick. Yeah, just like you said alec Like I think the 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 big the big thing for me is just that there's a lot of untapped potential here, and the speed is definitely an added bonus. But it's crazy because you you look at his body type and you know you look at how he plays in run defense and you'd say like you know he's he's not really a speed rusher right Ogilaria, i think is one of those guys who i think plays with a lot more speed he's a little bit undersized and you know maybe that's just kind of the body type um because oway is so big and strong and fast it's like you've got a ton of different physical tools they'd be able to add on for this guy and you know if he could put them all together he could be good in just about any aspect of his game not just rushing
1: well next up the Ravens didn't get to pick again uh until pick number 94 in the third round which they would use on something the Ravens seem to pick up at least one of every draft uh interior lineman Ben Cleveland out of Georgia uh and this is a guy we did talk about in the draft preview very strong uh could have broken the bench press record if there was a combine this year Looks like he might be coming for the left guard spot on the starting offensive line, which would move Bozeman to center. So interesting pick to fill two holes in one, in a sense, along this line of getting a starting left guard there and allowing the current starting left guard to move to to center.
0: Man, not only do they like to pick a guard every year in these middle rounds, but I like Ben's. Ben Powers. That's true. Ben Bredesen. Now Ben (laughs) Cleveland. Big country. Joining the offensive line Frey yeah this guy is a monster like you look at his build and you're just like good grief uh he always looks for extra work you know he's you remember i told you like the creed humphrey the one play where he had uh you know a defender on one arm and on each arm and i was like congratulations you did that once no that's like ben (laughs) cleveland every day you know (laughs) like ben cleveland man this guy is so powerful i am and six foot six like 350-some pounds next to a healthy Stanley. Oh, my God. Like, the left side of the line, this is me of uh, Ogden Mulatala right there. Like, there are going to be some people movers. So this is a, it's a really exciting pick. Obviously, like uh, you talked about, Bozeman moving the center is just a obvious thing. They even acknowledged it during the presser that they're kind of leaning in that direction. I don't know if uh, Cleveland will necessarily uh, be... I mean, it's, it's you know, the Ravens. He's probably not going to be gifted the left guard spot without earning it. I think him and Ben Powers will have a competition. But uh, I do expect Ben Cleveland to win it because I think he just is going to be, like, an absolute dominant force. Uh, he's, like, 23 already, so he's a little bit more developed um, than maybe some younger prospects, too. And uh, I just think he's a super-duper exciting player. And I can't wait to see how he plays in the NFL.
2: Yeah, definitely an interesting pick. At the First, one I saw another guard, I was like, "Good grief!" But yeah, thinking definitely thinking more about it, it um, puts a lot more weight to moving Bozeman to center, despite how many times I say I think it's a bad idea. Um, at this point, it almost like it almost feels inevitable, just given the amount of cards on a roster. Um, gotta have somebody play center. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably not carry at this point, but. Uh, yeah, I've been watching some tape of this guy the last few days. Brian Baldinger had a, a good post on Twitter the other day of of some uh, film from this guy. Uh, he's God, he's a bad dude. It's just <laughs> I can't I can't I can't wait to watch this guy in person. I hope I was going to be a baller for a long time. I guess my only my only thought, if we're talking position groups, I mean, obviously it's a little early, but I wonder. I, I know the big knock against Cleveland is that he's. You know he's strong as hell. He looks for work. Very good run blocker. Very strong in pass defense. But the big knock on him is his mobility. And so I wonder, just you know, schematically, would the Ravens want to put him a left guard or right guard? Um, obviously, I think Zeitler has more experience at right, but I believe he's played some left. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure how his mobility is, but I just wonder if they think that Cleveland wouldn't have as much mobility. Might they want to leave him at the right where Yonda played and have somebody a little bit more mobile on the left to kind of do those pull blocks that Bozeman did a lot. But then I guess if you think about that, then you have to think about, okay, well, who's going to be playing on the right side? You have two new people on the right side. Maybe you don't want to have that. I don't I don't know.
0: I thought I heard he was good at pulling. That's interesting. I have to I have to watch it and see. Myself. yeah I,
2: I don't know if it was necessarily that he was bad at it i just know uh you know i've just heard some things that his mobility was not as good you know which is probably why he fell the third round right he's, he's strong as hell but he just you know can't move as well as some of the guys in the first round
0: yeah no definitely interested to see how that plays out because yeah like you said pulling's is really important they were talking like you know obviously if you're moving bozeman who's shown himself uh to be a very good pooler perhaps we'll have some more center pools that we weren't really running before. Um, and and really open up the playbook in that regard as well. So, I think uh, it's really interesting to see them you know pick the guard. We talked about obviously they have this whole confluence of guards, and it kind of again revealed that uh, they they look at Tyre Phillips as a uh, as a tackle prospect at this point. Like they're not really considering him as a, a guard anymore. Uh, they're going to try to use him as a tackle, either as the starting right tackle or uh, maybe as a swing tackle backup kind of guy. So. It does kind of open up a guard spot that was kind of questionable. Like, oh, is this guy going to be a guard or not? He's like basically full on tackle mode now. I guess we'll get to the pick that kind of had everyone scratching their heads. Brandon Stevens out of SMU with the 104th pick. The definition of when he was picked, literally, I don't know anyone who knew who he was. Because we were watching it. <laughs> I was watching it with the Ken McCusick, uh like crew. And everyone was like, who? <laughs> 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 and we're like... I was looking up and down like one guy's board. Like, where is this guy on the board? <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, it was definitely the definition of a surprise pick. felt like you probably could get him a little bit later, uh, than the Ravens did in the third round. But, uh, you know, there's allegedly other teams that were also as interested in him. He's another one of those guys that the analytics, the RAS score that you might've been seeing going around Twitter was like through the roof. And he's also very raw because he's only played defensive back for two years. Dacosta costa says he sees him as a free safety which kind of addresses that knee we were talking about so yeah what do you guys think about this this is uh i mean maybe it's nice right because we had two safeties that we like already like we talked about so having a more developmental guy could be okay to let him kind of grow and then if he really starts to dominate and show off in practice or whatnot then that gives you that flexibility
1: yeah i i think it's an intriguing pick i agree it's kind of a head scratcher but then again you know we know that the Ravens have one of the best scouting departments in the business. So maybe there's something that they see on tape that other scouts aren't picking up on that shows some, some high potential for this guy. It's it's probably something, you know, that isn't the most likely outcome, but you know, I think that, like you said, the Ravens do have two solid starting safeties in Clark and Elliot. They both have some limitations as we talked about in the draft preview. And I think it would have been, interesting to get a guy more polished who could play more of the safety role starting out, but you know, the Ravens do still have Levine back there to help out in some packages while um, they try this guy out, and I think that it's an intriguing pick, and we'll just have to see how he develops in the coming years.
2: Yeah, Brandon Stevens is definitely one of the picks that I look at as um, this isn't being this pick is not being made for this year. It's being made for the future. Definitely a developmental prospect. I think initially I was a little surprised because I, I saw him listed at cornerback. And, you know, given that he was only at this spot for two years, I thought, well, okay, maybe that's a little bit surprising given some other players on the board. But if they see him as a safety, I'm like, okay, well, I can see that from depth. We've been wanting to have a new safety for a while. Initially, like, I kind of I kind of get the vibes that he's almost like a Lardarius Webb I mean, I think Webb was picked in the third round, I believe. He was. And um, from a small school. And, um, you know, he I guess he was not really a known commodity either at that point. And to be honest, his first year, I mean, he played a little bit of corner, but he was primarily a returner at that point. Uh, But he really did develop quickly within, you know, within two, three years. I mean, he was one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL, aside from uh, injuries, right? So I'm hoping that Stevens could be one of those guys, and just be one of those small school prospects that the Ravens seem to pick up on. Thanks for bringing
0: up the Ladarius web comp, because I actually had that thought on draft night, but I was also on like four hours of sleep and just like, it's so late at that point when that pick was made. It was like <laughs> midnight. I was like, oh my God, I've been up for like almost 20 hours now. And like, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the thing that's also interesting about him too, is that like, even though he was listed as a corner and all the highlights they were showing that night, Was him at corner? Apparently, he played safety all the time in that scheme. Apparently, at SMU they had him move into safety, like within like the same drive, just like back and forth, all around, playing different positions. So Hmm. definitely versatile. They say he has a knack for the ball. And uh, hey, man, another swinging for the fences pick. And I think we'll talk about the next two picks that they had huge positional value. Like they got players late um, that could have went rounds much many rounds earlier. So, okay, we, we reached on Stevens, but if we were able to get these other next two guys at the where, at their draft position, if we just shifted them around, so to speak, we wouldn't have been really questioning it. So I'm not too upset overall. So let's talk about it. Tylen Wallace. Uh, we did talk about him in our draft preview, but apparently he was mocked to like a second or third round pick overall. So getting him late in the fourth at 131 is pretty good value. He was sticking out like a sore thumb on the uh big board that um huddle it up films that when we were watching the ravens draft he was highly uh ranked on his board and like everyone around him got picked and this player is another one of those guys who uh kind of plays like a raven right you know he he blocks really well as a uh as a wide receiver he's big and he plays bigger than he is right goes for contested catches. And just overall, like I think a player that can really add value to this team. You know, We've been talking about just having these guys who will be reliable, pass catchers, um, able to run good routes, and, and he's one of those players.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look up his, uh, his highlight reels on YouTube, and I know that when you're looking at highlight reels, you're only seeing cherry-picked plays. But a lot of contested catches where he's blanketed high by defensive backs, incredible hops. I mean, I think this guy is uh, someone who – at the next level, uh, could really go for contested catches. And that's something that is needed in this offense. Uh, I guess this might be a good opportunity to talk about what is now a crowded wide receiver room for the Ravens and talking about where Wallace might fit in. You also got to talk about (laughs) where uh, everyone who's was on the roster before the draft started fits in as well. I mean, it's obviously Marquise Brown's going to be the number one, but then outside of that, it's going to be a big competition to see who uh, shows up where in the depth chart. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, compared to last year, if we're just talking like rough numbers from like the 53 man roster, I do think that there, you know, there could be seven receivers this year. I mean, think about it. At least uh, last year, the Ravens ran with three quarterbacks um, and this year they're probably only going to run with two. If they ran with if they ran with three with McSorley and Ann Huntley, I think I would be a little bit surprised. But yeah, so there might be an extra roster spot for a guy to make the team at that. But uh, who knows? The Ravens might just keep another guard anyway. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, I mean it's it's a good problem to have, man. I definitely remember reading some tweets about, you know, like, hey, compare compare this wide receiver room competition to, like, some of the ones with Tommy Streeter and, and some of those other guys back in the day. <laughs> and it's just like, you you can't even compare them at this point. You know, Eric DaCosta has definitely made it a priority to bring in some talented guys from the college ranks in terms of the receiver room. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about it, too. I mean, the only guy that we'll have that has more than three years i guess three years experience at this point be sammy watkins and he just got here
1: young room with a lot of potential
0: very productive player too i mean he almost had 200 catches and 3,300 yards over three years i'm not going to count his freshman year he barely played but the sophomore junior and senior years it was just nuts i mean that's just like so much production averaging 17 plus yards per catch um I don't have the yards per target in front of me where I'm looking now, but I've also read it's high. So yeah, it's uh, a very interesting player. And I think uh, if we don't keep seven, you know, either Prochet or Boykin's going to go. I'm going to guess Prochet if I'm going to have to like make my guess now, because I don't know. I think Boykin's useful, but Wallace is a very similar player in a way to Boykin. So I can see him uh, getting squeezed out in that regard. We'll see. All right, guys, I'm going to talk about my favorite player of the draft, maybe. Uh, I talked about him during the defensive players. I didn't say we would draft him, though. I I said we would pick up Molden. The second guy I talked about is the slot corner slash free safety guy. But no, they actually got the number one guy on my list for slot corner, Sean Wade out of Ohio State in the fifth round, the 160th pick. He was that trade back pick that we were talking about. And I'm super excited about him because he could have been a a second-round pick if he didn't play last year. But he decided to play and then opt out. And he had a horrible year. <laughs> but it wasn't all his fault. He had a lot of bad things happen family issues, injury, just a whole bunch of things piled on uh, to lead to an, uh, a lackluster year last year. But, you know, if you look at how well he played when he wasn't hurt, this guy could be a super duper steal for the Ravens.
1: And I think you look at it, he fits a position of need as well. Uh, Tavon Young, who, who knows what he has left in the tank. And then, uh, you know, we've talked about how the uh, Peters, we're not sure how much longer he's going to be around. So he's definitely filling a position of need to um, start looking ahead to what the Ravens are going to do in coming seasons with slot corner. And, you know, yeah, like anytime you can get a guy this late in the draft with the talent that he has, it's it's an excellent steal.
2: Yeah, definitely love the pick in terms of depth and in terms of a guy who can you know has the talent to compete right away. But it definitely could be a valuable piece in the next coming years, depending on what happens. Uh, like like Peter said.
0: Yeah, I think it was a great spot to take a swing because we have so many high quality players in our secondary. Uh, he doesn't have to be ready right away, right? Like he could take more time to develop his uh, skills, get healthy, etc. Uh, to really just be an outstanding player but he has all the measurables to be excellent this could be a really great pick for the ravens
2: yeah i mean at the very least if, if you know knock on wood if tavon's healthy um this could be a guy that you rotate with tavon tavon doesn't have to play 100 percent of the snaps right you know maybe that might help him all right in the uh another fifth round pick uh, next one for the ravens was dalen hayes out of notre dame uh so another outside linebacker guy i'll admit you know out of out of all the guys I mentioned, this was a little bit further down my list. So I didn't have a chance to watch much tape on him. Um, but what do you guys think? Have you been able to see anything on this guy?
0: I did briefly. They list him as a defensive end, but like you say, he's more of an outside linebacker player. Cause he did drop back into coverage a lot. I know defensive ends do that too sometimes, but I just wanted to point that out that I think schematically, he makes a lot of sense for the Ravens as a team that really likes to create fusion by having, uh, their linemen or edge players drop back into coverage and um, I think he's you know another high character guy one thing that is a common line through all of this is like all these players were like high character team leaders in fact like uh, Brandon Stevens got a uh, he's like the only person who could wear 23 because it's like some kind of recognition I forget exactly what it is but like yeah there's like all these guys are like really high character I remember during Tyler Wallace's presser he just seemed like a very good individual like, he's just super kind he was talking about outreach so, definitely like a high quality player, uh, good personality for the team. I can see him also uh, contributing in the race car again because, like, you know, he's might drop into coverage. So it gives you that versatility of like what's happening here. I've had like six, you know, <laughs> edge players all standing. I'm, I'm confused. I'm scared. Exactly what you would do to an offense. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's an interesting player. Obviously, when you're talking about a 171 pick, fifth round, you're not talking about. A guy who's probably going to come in right away and uh, be great, particularly defensive end and edge. These players, almost even the most highly drafted players, can take a year or two to develop. So I think obviously we'll want to watch him. But he has, again, a huge room of people he can learn from between Wolf and Campbell and all of the other players uh, on the edge, McPhee, that he can learn from. Uh, so I think between him and uh, Owe, they'll have great mentors uh, to learn from and improve with. So it's really
1: exciting to have
0: a little bit of more depth on the defensive line.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's another thing we talked about in the preview episode that, uh, the Ravens current starting defensive line, while, uh, all those guys have had pretty successful careers and still seem to have, uh, enough left in the tank for this coming season. Uh, they're all over 32. So the Ravens needed to start looking towards the future and, um, in addition to matabuke hayes seems like a guy who can
2: uh is worth a, a look um in the coming seasons apparently hayes is probably one of the few players that the ravens have ever drafted who grew up as a fan of the ravens is that right oh yeah yeah he did he's not even from baltimore good for him
0: man <laughs> yeah he was so excited he was saying that he's like oh i get to play for my team <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good for him, man. We we love we love out of state and out of country uh, fans of the flock. Welcome, welcome everybody with open arms. All
0: right, guys, I gotta talk about this last pick. This is a total hardball pick. Like they, they said that Ben Cleveland was a hardball pick, and this guy was like smashing the f- table. Like I remember when they drafted Duvernay, he was like high fiving like the air because like he was drafting by himself, but he was just so pumped and uh, and. And he was doing the same thing for Cleveland when they called it in. Like, we didn't know who the pick was yet, but they showed us, like, inside the room. And he was like, he was just ecstatic, right? So, (laughs) Ben Mason, Michigan fullback or tight end. Apparently, it's like his parents' favorite player from Michigan. And
2: I'm just like, what? (laughs)
0: Look, I mean, I'm excited to have this kind of player on the Ravens um, because I mentioned. In the past, uh, you know, that tight end fullback tweener uh, to play with Ricard and, and also Ricard's a free agent next year. Like if that'd be kind of maybe interesting, but like, I don't know, he could have been riding a draft free agent. I don't know. It felt like it kind of felt like a unnecessary pick. I will say that Devin Jordan was falling like crazy and I was like, oh man, are the Ravens going to pick him or the Ravens going to pick him all the times they were picking. They never did. So I guess they were still interested in that position group, but maybe they knew Ben Mason was their guy.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I got to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of with you in in terms of was it the best pick to make? In that, I don't know. I guess we'd have to look at the board and see who else might be available. I'd say like you know, defensive lineman might have been a good investment. Probably not running back. I don't know if we needed another one of those, but you know, maybe another lineman or something. But yeah, when initially I saw fullback, I'm like, well, we have Ricard on the roster. Why do we need another one? But uh, definitely being the hybrid player. There, there is a space for him on the roster um certainly he can definitely come in and compete with some of the other guys we have at that third tight end spot and you know hopefully mason is talented enough to be able to win that but yeah it was uh overall a little bit of a strange pick and you know i, I know harbaugh likes his guys <laughs> it, it definitely seems like this is one of his picks so hopefully it works out hopefully that uh the, the good character that he has and he's got a good work ethic and all, all that good stuff
1: yeah, not too much more to add on this. I think you guys summed it up pretty well. Um, an intriguing fallback if Ricard gets hurt or if he isn't resigned by the Ravens, uh, but you could probably, again, probably get a similar type of player as an undrafted free agent.
0: Well, I guess the interesting thing about it, there's a couple of things I'll, I'll throw out there. So first of all, like he played defensive like tackle, I guess. He played defensive line, whatever it was uh in college as well so he like has that ricard vibe or he plays both ways maybe that's how he finds his way into the roster because if you look at the roster it's so full we were talking about it i'm like how do you carry a guy like this i feel like it's a luxury right we were talking about how we have too many yeah. wide receivers so like maybe you red shirt him put him on the ir i don't know like I, i'm kind of curious how he fits into our roster building plans as far as other players we could have picked um i know tupulotu from usc defensive tackle was available he got picked five picks later. And I also know that uh, offensive tackle Stone uh, Forsyth could have been a a pick from Florida. Those are probably the two players I look at on the draft board that kind of maybe had positional need, could have been drafted by the Ravens, and maybe you still get this guy as an undrafted free agent. I don't know. That's the only kind of knock I have. But overall, I think the draft was so good that I'm not too upset. Like, I'm pretty excited about this draft. Lots of future players, which is important, I think, for a team that's so well built at this point but it doesn't mean they can't contribute. They have some tools to give right away. If I had to give a grade to this draft, I would definitely give it a B plus.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there's certain picks in this draft where that definitely feel like they have pretty high potential to be home runs. Uh, Bateman, Cleveland, and Wade seem to be uh, the ones that stick out the most. And then uh, other guys are high upside, but also questionable as to if they'll actually reach that. So I think that's a pretty pretty fair assessment of what the Ravens were able to do.
0: So we have a list of undrafted free agents here that the Ravens have picked up so far. I'm not sure if they've picked up anyone else since I compiled this list earlier in the day. But uh the number one guy that's been getting a lot of traction on Ravens Twitter was Ardarius Washington, the other TCU safety. So apparently um he's a another high quality safety and people think that he could win a roster spot. He like could have definitely been drafted. I think it's going to be a really interesting battle. So to speak, not saying that obviously I don't think Stevens, the third round pick is not going to make the roster, uh, but another player that might be able to contribute to that free safety fold or just like the our overall desire for more safeties on the roster could be this our Darius Washington character. Um, overall, I mean, they did pick up a defensive tackle. They have two offensive tackles that they picked up uh, another guard, a wide receiver, a running back uh, and a linebacker. So, they're they're trying to you know get some more of those like mid round pick kind of players you know those positions that usually are targeted then uh, through the undrafted free agency pool and you know who knows maybe one of them will uh, emerge during camp and preseason so we'll definitely keep an eye as uh, we get more on these guys I guess lastly we'll talk about how uh, as of four o'clock today we're recording on Monday uh, the Ravens can start making signings to not count against the compensatory picks so. Heavily rumored to sign one of the offensive tackles that they uh, tried out between uh, Alejandro Villanueva and Dennis Kelly. These guys are probably going to compete for the right tackle role, assuming one of them is signed. And uh, it'll be either him or Phillips uh, to you know, get that starting job for the beginning of the year. So even though they didn't address offensive tackle this draft after the, leaving a gaping hole with OBJ gone... It looks like they're going to look towards a veteran to give you that additional depth this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, they definitely tried it last year with with Fluker and Phillips. Um, you know, I, I think if uh, I think if the Ravens are able to solidify the center and the guard spots a little bit more than last year, I don't think that they'll mind it as much um, if they just have to have you know those two guys kind of uh, switch in and out right tackle. Certainly, I mean, they're not they're they're not going to be up to the same standard as Orlando Brown Jr but I think that they can make it work, especially with the Ravens adding so much more firepower to the wide receiver room. And also, uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have a, a more straightforward running back committee uh, now that we don't have to worry about trying to figure out where Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and all of those fit in. <laughs> Only got two guys to, to feed. So I think the, the rest of the weapons around Lamar Jackson, I think, will will help, hopefully, to, uh, to offset that loss. Yeah, I think the
0: offensive line looks like it could be one of the best offensive lines we've ever seen. It just has a question mark at offensive tackle, and as long as the guy isn't completely destroying your day, I think this line has potential to be the best one we've seen since covering the uh, the Ravens on the podcast. I think they ha- they really do have that kind of level potential with everyone else on the line. So it's super exciting, and like you said, with the extra weapons, I mean, this is going to be the best offense we've ever seen, in my opinion. Seems seems reasonable to say that. Put that stamp on it. The best offense, talent wise, we've we've fielded um so now they just have
2: to get it done (laughs) yep certainly will probably be one of the most well-rounded offenses that the ravens have ever had and still have a solid d obviously there's some uh
0: there were some edge uh holes from free agency that we wanted to fill we addressed it with the draft they might still bring in a guy from free agency there's been a lot of chatter about that so we'll obviously keep covering the roster construction as things go on and camp starts up and preseason I'm excited guys like I feel like this is this is the start of the 2021 season like I mean obviously you had free agency that kind of started too but this now it feels like we have rosters really you know there'll be some changes but we have an idea what we'll work with
1: yeah absolutely and we'll have the schedule coming out in a couple weeks as well and you know we can all start thinking about what's uh the games are going to be like and when the fall comes around and hopefully be able to actually get to some games this year (laughs)
0: I'm already saying it right now. I don't know if you guys want to come, but I'm going to Chicago. I keep telling everyone <laughs> that I see I'm going to Chicago. So we'll definitely take a look at that schedule when it releases on May 12th and have a show out shortly after discussing it. Let us know what you thought about this draft. You can find us, Ravens underscore recap, on Twitter. You can email us at feedback at Ravensrecap.com. Super excited about the draft. Super excited that football is like ramping up. And I just can't wait to see how these players develop. Go Ravens.